Well, markets are on tender hooks for the US CPI print. Equity markets are at year-to-date lows. The US dollar is still the place to be. Gold's in the middle of its range, but the world craves lower inflation. But will they get it? We're going to discuss all these factors and more in the trade-off. Hi there, my name's Chris Weston, Head of Research here at Pepperstone, and I'm going to be joined in two seconds by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. It's a big week. We're just saying this ahead of the CPI print in the session ahead. It's going to have big ramifications for all asset classes, whether you're trading the dollar, the gold price, whether you're trading global indices, you name it, it's going to happen. Blake and I are going to discuss all these factors today in an action-packed show in the trade-off. If you like the show, of course, just hit the like button. We, we always really, really appreciate you doing so. And hit the, uh, go into the comment section. Tell us how you're trading these wild markets at the moment, whether you're starting to find some value, starting to get a bit more constructive, or you still think we're going to continue to trade lower. Anyway, I'm going to bring the great man into the program. Mr. Blake Morrow, how are you ahead of this US CPI number for us? I'm tired already. Is it, are we, is it over yet? <laughs> <laughs> it will be tomorrow, mate. You, you go and have a lie down after this. Get yourself some uh, some Bovril, lie down, watch a TV program with the wife and uh, get a good night's sleep because it's going to be a big one for you tomorrow. And when the CPI number comes out, I reckon it's going to be wild on those here shores. It is It is going to be a big one. And Chris, you know, I, I was thinking as you were talking, we don't ask a lot from, from our viewers, but I, I do want to ask you. I, I do want to ask. Awesome to watch. This. I think that's a pretty big <laughs> We yeah we do well that's just to watch you that's a bit that's a that's a big hurdle as it is but no if if you see us on social media you see us on Twitter or on you know LinkedIn wherever you see this video make sure you share it with your your your, uh, followers um just spread the word spread the good word multiplier effect in it. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's a big week. I hope that you uh, you did get a good night's sleep. But we'll, it's, I think it's a good idea just to discuss everything that's going on in the markets, and there is a lot to discuss. So let's go into topical funder and see the big ticket items. Well, first one on the agenda, you can't go past it. It's US CPI number because people are going to be watching this tomorrow. Probably would know the facts, and and uh, a large amount of this would be redundant. But the thought process is still very much there. I've called this the Mac Daddy of data releases. I'm not sure if the spelling's correct. Anyone who's a bit more hip and happening and a bit more down street will probably understand how that's correctly spelt. But uh, that's how I'm going to do it, and I'm not very cool, so uh, that's the issue. <laughs> now the CPI number comes out in the session ahead, Blake. We know that the market's in a bit of a holding pattern. Um, I'm going to decide dissect the uh, the playbook with you. Now the market expecting headline inflation at 8.1 percent that's a slight decrease from the last last print core inflation at six and a half percent core for me is probably the one you want to look at the fed are looking at core inflation some of those sticky price pressures coming through such as shelter expected to be up 70 basis points uh, on the on the on the month there and i think that's the issue there if you look at the um, the Cleveland Fed now cast model uh, that make these kind of predictions based on sort of run rates and some of anecdotal evidence, uh, they're saying that the the the, the sticky um, the core inflation should be about six point six percent, so it's just slightly above consensus. Um, and actually, if you have a look at the playbook uh, in the last twelve CPI prints, eight of them have been higher than expected. Two have been in line, and two have come in under. So the form suggests that if we are going to get a uh, the probability is that we're going to get an above consensus print. Um, and of those eight that we talked about that have been above the uh, consensus, the average move that we've seen in them in the next 30 minutes in the, in the dollar has been about 0.4%. So that's your playbook. How do you trade this, Blake? How do you think markets are going to be looking? Where do you see the balance of risks around the CPI print? 
Well, the first first of all, I, I'm I'm going to defer this question to you here in just a second. Is is are you paying closer attention to the month over month or the year over year? And I know, Ooh. you know, uh, well, uh, year over year print everybody's kind of focused on. That's what everybody's yeah. looking at. But I, I'm I'm actually more concerned with the month over month print. I mean, core CPI is supposed to come in at 0.5 percent versus 0.6 percent uh, last month, and I, you know, I, I'm questioning at this point, even though the market's not, because you can see how the market is obviously leaning into this, that it is gonna be a hot number. We got stocks that closed at their lows today. Uh, the S&P closed below uh, 3,600, uh, near that 3,560 really key level of support. Dollars on its highs uh, against many currencies, especially the dollar yen, which we're gonna talk about yep. uh, a little bit later. And, and again, some other currencies as well. So, any type of disappointment, even even on a month month over month basis, I think the market might take notice. So, what are you looking at? Because this was a topic of dis a debate amongst my colleagues and I earlier today. You yeah. looking at year over year or month well, over month? I'll uh, take the month over month. The, the, the numbers I'm seeing on Bloomberg is for core at point four and um, and and headline at point two. If I take the uh, let's just take the, the year on year. The question we got to ask ourselves, Blake, before we get we've got twelve seconds left is what is the number that causes massive relief? And what is the number that causes big risk off? For me, big relief comes out if core comes under 6.3%, we get headline with a seven handle. Is it gonna happen? Unlikely, but that's that's where I think we get big relief. We also get a big risk aversion move if we were to see core above 6.6%. So simplistically, that's what I'm looking at. The dollar rally is above 6.6%. It's as simple as that. Do you share that logic? I'm with you. I'm with you, and and I think it's a big ask for a seven percent uh, print on on uh, on CPI. Well, right, so there are some economists it, yeah. who are forecasting seven point nine percent, so it's unlikely. But uh, open your mind. I'm. So. I, hey, look. Based on what I'm looking at today, which you guys are all going to find out about, I am going to have an open mind. So, okay, <laughs> well, let's turn our attention over to bonds, and um, you know, it's interesting, Chris. If you've seen the bond market reaction in recent days, uh, we're holding lows. That means yields are holding up against their highs. Now, obviously, tomorrow is going to be the make it or break it uh, for the for the bond market. But I've got to ask, you know, at what point do we as investors start finding it as a value play? I mean, now I have options as an investor. I don't have to be just in the stock market. Now I can be in the bond market and get you know a good yield depending on what duration I'm buying, and so. I, I want to ask, like, I'm seeing it as a value play at these levels based on where equity markets are at right now. And especially as we go into, you know, earnings season, which we are going to talk about. But what what do you think? Are, are the bond markets, are, are you looking at them as a value play? You want to be selling yields here? Is it all about tomorrow? You're going to wait till after tomorrow mm. um, and then maybe start. I mean, look at gilts. I mean, yeah. the gilt market got crushed. We're back down near our lows. We even got the warning from Andrew Bailey about, you know, hey, I got how many days? How many days? Wait, three? I got three, now two. Same. And yields are, yields are, uh, or bonds are holding up, gilts are holding up. Boons, they actually created a hammer today, you know, in the German. I mean, so you, you start looking at, looking around and. Yeah. It's a good value. one, isn't it? I mean, I think this is the place you've got to be watching. I mean, um, you know, I, I actually watch the rates markets really closely, Blake, and, and um, yeah. the, the the most important one is is probably the where the terminal rates price, so the Fed funds pricing for sort of the March contract. We're currently about four, four, uh, pricing the Fed funds rate to get up to about 4.65%. Um, 
you know, if the dollar's going to move, if indices are going to move, it's going to be based on, on where terminal pricing is and what happens to the two-year treasury. Wouldn't be touching any bonds ahead of the CPI print. I just, I'm just not going to forecast yeah. it. I'm not going to prophesize it. I wait for the reaction. If it's a big enough mess or big enough beat, yeah, the first move is not going to be the last move. Um, I'm not thinking value. I mean, look, maybe there is. If, you, if, if you're a big recession caller, um, then then there's probably value at these levels, right? Yeah, because we, the terminal rate's at 465. Can it get to 5%? If where terminal rate was to get to 5%, that's where I'll be looking at starting to buy bonds because I think there's okay. no way that I think there's very little chance that we're going to see uh, terminal rates above five percent. The question is, do you, what part of the curve would you be looking to buy? Um, you know, so I think it's an interesting one. But for me, like, what, what am I looking at for the for, for this CPI number? Well, the the five year real rate is stuck between one point seven five and two percent. If it breaks out either side of those, risk assets are going to respond. If it breaks above two percent, then the Nasdaq goes downtown. If it goes, if, if real rates move back below 175, then we're going to see, yeah, risk assets rejoice. The dollar's going to come off. So that's really, I think, for me, one of the most important ones on that. So the question back to you then is: Is are you seeing that value in bonds? Are you prepared to buy despite so many people getting carted out time and time again? Yeah, I am actually. And, and if we have, if we do have a hot print in CPI, I'll actually be looking to buy bonds on a dip. So, yeah, right. and it maybe even it might be even via TLT. We'll see. Well. You have the bravest man award at the moment, uh, but we'll see. I mean, it could be a could, you could be a hero call over the next two next six months, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, and I think you know if you're buying TLT, look at your leverage if you've got any in that situation. There, US UK <laughs> fiscal cliff, a UK sort of uh, cliff that's coming through. Got to touch on this one because if you like your volatility. If you've got the stomach for volatility, the UK is the place to go right now. Like you talked about Andrew Bailey there coming out. So we've got two days to go. Pension funds, get your house in order. I mean, he's basically talking to get their, their cash flow in order to meet redemptions and various factors. Um, yeah, if you want Wild West Saloon in the G7 nations, it's the UK that's the place to be. I mean, you're right. But we saw UK gilts get above 5% on 30s last night. The Bank of England came out and disclosed they're buying, what, 2, two billion of, of 20 year plus gilts, uh, a bunch of linkers as well. Um, and bond yields came down as everyone started buying into that situation. And then the pound rallied quite nicely, about 70, 80 pips off the back of that. But it's a, it's a no man's land after we get over this week when the Bank of England stop buying bonds effectively and, and the market's on its own. Do we there start going into a more dysfunctional market again? Of course, they came with these temporary operations to address the illiquidity, you know, the poor price action that was playing, the rate of change. And they did a pretty good job in that. So the market's probably of the belief that, you know, if we were to see a dysfunctional market, the Bank of England will just step in again. And there's been a lot of conjecture about whether they're extending that program. But on Monday, we could feasibly see a situation where bond yields move up one way, depending what happens to the CPI print. Um, and we then suddenly get the uh, you know the pound getting sold off again. So how does this how does this stack up on your your risk radar right now? You know, I was actually having this conversation a little bit earlier with Mark Dow of Behavioral Macro, and he's yep. you know he's a, he's he's a very well known, and you you know who Mark is. Yeah, uh, many people do, and and he uh, he he made a really good argument that you know this is this is Bank of England's way of just calming down the markets. Uh, telling, you know, and he, he actually applauded Bailey and his, his comments and, you know, expressed uh, that, you know, more central bankers should be as upfront as he was. But what I also found very interesting about what he said, and, 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 I, and I've kind of been along this, 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 this line of thinking as well, is why haven't we moved lower? Maybe it's because, you know, there, yeah, pension funds and, and there, there is going to be some exposure to the UK gilt market, but 
in all actuality, how big of exposure is it? And and are people already kind of out of it? And, you know, you look at the sterling and you look at the way that it, it moved below, you know, the all-time lows and pop right back up. I'm not a big believer that, that I, I'm, I'm actually becoming a believer that the lows in the sterling have been put in already. Yeah. And well, we that's a contrarian position because every bank that I'm seeing at the moment is calling for parity still, 105 down to parity. So, yeah, I mean, I, they, fundamentally, it makes some sense. I mean, they've still got a big funding task. We still don't know what's going to happen with the with the government, you know, in terms of their their projections that come through on the 31st of October. Um, you know, have they learned their lessons? We'll see. I mean, there's still a lot of risk. Uh, risk could there be is. symmetrical. So I think, you know, if you're, going to, if you're looking favorably on the pound, yeah, just have an open mind. This, the, everyone's saying this is going down to 105 again based on yeah, the funding tasks of the government, but it could easily be higher. I mean, we just don't know. So it's uh, yeah, we'll and, have to watch. And 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 a lot remember this move started really but with the with the trust budget that that's was right. released. And that's right. Was, on the 31st was, of October, or the 19th yeah. of October, the UK, the next UK inflation number. On the 31st of October, the OBR and the and the government come out of their fiscal review. And that's that's where it could get pretty wild out there again. Yeah. Well, let's let's turn our attention to, you know, earnings season that just actually started this week. And, uh, you know, as I was searching around, you, you you know, for like, hey, what what's a really hot topic we need to discuss? You came you came you came to the rescue and said, hey, we need to talk about earnings. And I'm like, you're right. I mean, this is earnings season. It is kicking off this week. And we're already, you know, well, I've been in the belief that the 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 shoe to drop is going to be when earning expectations start to really come down and you know what are companies going to be saying you know at this point in time you know and i really think it all relies on the fed at this moment and does the fed continue to raise rates at such a rapid pace because if they do they're going to push companies into a point to a to a point where they actually have to start really cutting earnings and their labor force and and it's like, are we already there yet? Mm. Are we on our way there? Yeah. And is the and, and is the Fed actually pushing us into a recession? And as an economy, but also as a global economy with with earnings. And so, I don't know, Chris. You know, as we head into this earnings season, I'm I'm am a little concerned, especially with stocks closing in on the lows ahead of this inflation report. We could have a double whammy here. You know, you have a poor earnings season everybody's already pretty dire going into this third quarter then you have economic data really still staying strong like inflation where does that push the stock market over the course yeah. of the next couple of weeks what are your thoughts on the earnings season <clears throat> this season this well, quarter. yeah, we've got the banks coming through. That's going to be really interesting. Obviously, they're very entwined with the lending side of things, and we're going to be watching that. Um, but I think the, the big one is, is really next year's earnings blake i mean the market's the consensus is 224 in terms of eps how on earth do you get eight percent eps growth in a in a recessionary environment it, it blows your mind how, how how that's actually that that's that's the call so everyone says well you know in a recession environment that that 224 in terms of earnings is probably more like a 200 which implies decent earnings per share downgrades on a consensus basis, which would put us push up the price per price earnings ratio. Um, look, you know that that's that's the, the issue that, that we're, we're facing. Everyone's expecting earnings per share to be cut for next year. When does it come? Well, maybe it comes after this earnings season. Maybe it comes after Q4. Um, we don't know. But there's going to be a lot of focus on net interest margins. There's going to be a lot of focus on 
um, yeah, the dollar and how that's impacting profitability on a constant currency basis and all these factors. Um, but yeah, I think the meat of the earnings that, that week of the 20, 24th, we've got about 47% of the market cap coming. So that's really where the big influential parts with big tech comes out. But I'm also, I want to come back to a point you made there. Wait until your Walmarts come out. If they haven't already pre-disclosed, you know, that anything to do with the consumer and how they're faring, I think it's going to be really interesting. Any kind of real estate companies talking about what's happening with the interest rate sensitive side of things, that's going to be what we'd be listening at from a macro perspective as well. So I think it's going to be a really important earnings season. It is all about the Fed, so. as you say there. But, you know, these companies are telling you like it is, how their customers are feeling, how their business is feeling, how they're generating revenues in this market, what the downside is. And it's going to tell us a lot about the state of the US economy and the global economy as well. So you've got to keep your ear to the ground, Blake, and, and, and listen out to those nuggets of information that we can take out that could affect currency markets as well. Anyway, let's go to that's a setup to see some of the technicals that are making the waves at the moment. Well, Blake, I love a market at 52-week highs. I love markets that are, that are pushing up. There's reasons for it. Let's have a look at the dollar-yen chart front and centre at the moment. Uh, we've traded that blue line, horizontal line, which I've drawn, uh, is the intervention level where we saw a 5 yen move to the downside. We haven't necessarily heard anything from uh, the Ministry of Finance yet. Yeah, we've, we've heard from Kuroda recently who suggested, um, you know, talked about the easing policy. But yeah, everyone's on intervention watch. Um, and the rate of change is obviously the big thing for the Bank of Japan. It's not just about this idea um, of, uh, you know, just a one-way move. Oh, it's yeah, the, yeah it's, the, it's not levels, but it's the rate of change that they're concerned about. Now, we have broken out top side, as you can see. We're sort of testing, uh, you know, looking for 148 into the top end, so trend resistance, 150. Uh, I think there will be a time when the Bank of Japan come out, and you know, certainly our clients are, are positioned for a bit of intervention come through, uh, but it's going up. And I like that. The market's telling you they want to be long dollars, and that, that divergence place is still the place to be. So what are you thinking there? Well, well, that's first of all, the breakout was what about 24 hours from the time of, of us filming. And here we are 100, 100 pips higher, close to 100 pips higher from the breakout point, at least the high was today. I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking at this chart more as a wedge. You know, once we get up towards, I believe it's like one, correct me if I'm wrong, it's like 148.50, roughly right around that level. We start seeing levels that we haven't seen in 30 some odd years, Chris. Mm. And, um, you know, that that becomes pretty nosebleed section for the uh for the dollar yen i don't know where the intervention levels are at but i do think this is a bullish breakout world while we're above the 145.90 level yeah um I, my first initial target has been 147.42 which is 127 percent extension of the last consolidation uh at post the intervention it would actually be from the previous intervention 127 percent extension up there but that trend line which i'm actually looking at it at the top of an ascending wedge comes in right around 148.50 to 149, depending on how you draw it. Yeah, And I don't know, once it gets to 149, 150, do you start establishing a counter trend move? I don't say the, the tactical play there is fascinating, in my opinion. What you get is a situation, let's say hypothetically, we get a strong CPI number, it goes up, the Bank of Japan come out straight away and tell the world that they're watching FX levels. Bang, it comes down. So how do you, how do you trade that? <laughs> Mate, keep your position size low. Yeah, you do. You do. And that's the thing is you got to you're going to remember these technical levels and explosive moves like this end up being more speed bumps than anything rather than, you know, places quick, quick before, of actual. Before, quick one before Kajen, on the other side, we get a weak CPI number. Let's we get a 6.3 percent on core CPI. We get a, a, an eight, let's say an eight percent on headline. The dollar comes down. The Bank of Japan should 
be momentum traders and come out and say they're watching levels and they'll cause a 500 pip level down to the downside, that's the time they should be doing it. Wait for a weak CPI number and then hit the market with an intervention. Bang, get more bang for your buck in that situation. Yeah, we're we're going to put you on the we're going to put you on the MLF desk. That's what we're going to do, Chris. All right, let's let's turn it over to the Canadian yen. Uh, speaking of yen, I, now this keeping in mind this is a setup, right, guys? It's a setup. So the question is, are we at? A, are do we have a bearish flag setting up, or is this the bottom of the channel is just a bullish trade going long? Uh, my two levels that I'm looking at are above 107.05, so one. 07.05 that means it negates the flag we're above above the 38 percent retracement and that means we're heading towards the upper end of the flag so you know if we have uh if we have um a weak cpi number uh and the dollar yen comes off a little bit maybe the maybe the uh the canadian rallies and you get risk rallying and maybe it actually even breaks higher but a move below 105 that means you're below that channel support and that means that flag pattern is actually playing to the downside and you have a bearish move back towards the 200-day moving average. That's where the measurement would take you. So I think this is a great setup. We have a 200-pip range, top side, bottom side. I know where the breakout levels are, and now you do too. What do you think about that, Chris? Yeah, I like the range consolidation. Get Blake Morrow's uh, gun out and put it to the head, my new fleshly shaved head. And uh, <laughs> you've gone a bit too hard, I think. Uh, where do I go? Do I think we get a break to the top side? Do we get a break to the downside? I think we're probably more likely to get an upside break. Um, but you trade the conditions. Let the market come to you. If you're trading off daily charts, if you're working off this time frame, let the market push you into a trade. Wait for the breakout. Let the market go. And then you know, that momentum move potentially turns into a trend. Um, you don't, yeah, right now it's consolidation. There's a lot of chop in there. It's not one for, for me, um, but I'm waiting for the market to show its hand. But where, does I, where do I see the balance of risk probably in this market? Probably to the upside in the short term. Tell me in six months, I think it will probably be much lower than this, uh, given that I think, you know, there, there, there could be some big moves in the bond market. But right now, I see the balance of risk to the upside. So it's a good setup. It's an interesting one. There's a bit of a battle going on, isn't there, Blake, between it, the it bulls is. and the bear one there? And that's what it is. It's just a setup, Chris, and we, we wait for the levels to be broken. And I think this one's a pretty clear setup for us. Yeah, I like it higher, but uh, no, no position in that one. Wait for the market to push you in. One, uh, Another one I've got no position in, um, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out, is gold. If we can bring up the chart of gold, because this, this is a crowd fleet pleaser. We are trading in a, a descending channel. You can see that. We, we, we sort of traded off the, uh, the top end recently. We're at mid-range of, of that of that recent move, 16.25 up into sort of 17.25. We're sitting in the middle of that that situation at the moment. I, I think in sort of times like this, running sort of VWAP strategies and, and seeing how that's sort of playing out. But uh, it's kind of stuck in no man, no woman's land at the moment, and it needs something. That something does come from the CPI print in, in the session ahead. Obviously, we're going to be watching real rates. The correlation between US real rates and gold is very, very, very high at the moment. It's been a tough one for gold bulls because you've got high real rates playing in, you've got a stonking dollar playing through, and you've got that terminal rate in the US, which has been pushing uh, up to 465. As I say, all of those have been headwinds for gold. And if you want to trade gold, you want to do it in an alternative currency, doing it in pounds or Aussie's been the place there. So for me, it's stuck in no man's land at the moment, it's, but it's still trading lower in this this trend. What are you thinking, Blake? Well, Chris, uh, first of all, I, I got I got hit trying to play it on the long side on a, on a dip after that very impulsive move higher. Uh, as it dipped back towards uh, 1700, I was long, got stopped out of it. it, was a you know very small loss. But I want to make an observation of how well it's done over the last couple of days. As the dollar's you know, been inching higher, gold's held up above 1660. 1660 is the 618 retracement of that uh, 
that that very low print that you see there around the end of September uh, to the high from last week. So as long as we're above 1660, now, if you guys are looking for, you know, uh, 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 data to influence it tomorrow, well, if we have hot inflation, uh, ironically, the gold market's probably going to sell off as the dollar rallies. So if it breaks below 1660, I think it's a pretty clean setup back to the low end. Let me of ask you a question, Blake. 1600, 1650. Yeah. We've got a very short time. Do we get a bigger move in gold price to the upside if inflation comes in below expectations? or a bigger move to the downside should inflation come above expectations? Where do you see the balance of risk there? We get, I think we get a bigger move no matter what on, on a miss. Everybody's position, everybody's yeah, I'll position. I'll my question. Yeah. Oh, huh? I, I first, oh, I think we get a bigger move to the upside on, on a miss. I think the markets are, are positioned yeah. in that way, a relief. And obviously we look at the internal shelter, all those things. But I think we probably get a bigger move uh, in gold and and downside moving the dollar on on a miss or downside downside situation. Anyway, that's that's Could the not question. Agree. That's the question. That, that is, Think about that when you're when you're trading ahead of announcements like this. Sounds great. You know, and I'm sorry I didn't mean to answer that for you, but it just blurt. Look, that's because all my setups are <laughs> kind of uh, set up that way. Speaking of the next one, let's take a look at the. Oh boy, you got to have a little bit of stomach here for the sterling, you right? You do. It's a brave trade. You, it's Chris, a brave setup. I'm telling you, Chris, I I I love it, and I and and I know I don't want to love it, but you know the sterling's held up really well. When I went to bed last night, I was thinking to myself, okay, when I get up, the sterling's gonna be lower. And by the way, I have no exposure here. You didn't ask that one to, um, to Mrs. Morrow. You didn't say, oh, Mrs. Morrow, how do you think the sterling's? She wasn't. She no, wasn't, no, she of course I no, hell no. Uh, but <laughs> but I am looking at I am looking at the sterling, and I do think it is a it is a setup. Um, you know the. As long as we're above 109.20, you know, that's the 50% retracement. I actually like it to the long side. Now, if it if after the CPI data comes out, if the data is hot, we will be trading below 109. If we're trading below 109, the setup is off for me. However, mm. if we stay above 109 and then the, the, the print is a weaker print, I am looking to play it to back to the upside. And guess what? We're going to be creating a, a much higher low. And I think we make a higher high. I think we at least go back to 115, maybe that 50 DMA that you see uh, bending over there. I think we're going to be back up at those levels in no time. Because I think a lot of people are leaning into the sterling and they're not getting paid. What do you think here, Chris? Well, I think if you're looking for a CPI move, if we were to get a miss or a downside, a, a, a lower number than expected, you're going to get the Aussie and the Kiwi, which is going to have the biggest reaction. So, you know, that's that's where you're going to see that high beta play, the Mexican pay. So they're the places where you're going to see the massive out. If you're just playing cpi um uh, yeah i mean look, there's a lot of short but, positioning in, in in the pound there's some of it's come off after that move from 103.50 but you've still got that 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 issue hanging over the market for next week which is the you know the, the temporary support rolls off and that will keep a few buyers out of the pound in my opinion okay well don't you think the sterling is the new emerging market currency well, it, it's yeah. Everyone hates that <laughs> phrase, but it is because what you've been seeing is is usually with 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 G10 currencies is that interest rate, um, you know, your bond yields go up and that supports the currency. In this go, where it's where it's a similar situation to emerging market currencies, is gilt yields have been going up and the pound's been falling, and that is thematic. That's why people say it's the new emerging market currency. But y'all out there, that's uh, that's the reason. So higher bond yields and higher gilt yields in the UK the week of the pound. So that's what you want to be seeing. You want to see the gilt market roll over and the pound goes up to those targets you talked about. Anyway, let's go to the play of the day. Let's see how the world is evolving in the eyes of Blake Morrow.
Well, what I'm looking at is I, I just yeah I can't I can't be doing anything that's got gold or anything dollar related ahead of CPI numbers. I'm just not going to recommend or, or or take those exposure. I want to take that out of the equation. Let's go into something a little bit more exotic. Let's go into OJ because Hurricane Ian, which made landfall in, in Florida uh, on the 28th of September, is wreaking havoc in the commodity markets. We've just seen the USDA coming out and revising their forecast for orange juice to the lowest levels. I think it, well, it's the lowest levels in about 78 years or so. Um, you know, we're talking about uh, creating 28 million crates of orange juice. That's about a third, uh, well, down two thirds from what they did the, the harvest last year. Florida, Florid, what do you call them? Floridians or Florida Florid people? Floridians. Floridians. Yeah, these people are going to be going out and saying, I don't want I don't want orange juice on my on my my breakfast table. I'm going to have to have vitamin substitutes because the price is going to go up as a result of that lack of supply for them coming through. Of course, Hurricane Ian at some stage will um, dissipate and the price will come down. But we're already seeing big declines down in terms of expected numbers. There, we've seen a big move up there, but I think you know the price is going up. I think this starts trending, and uh, you know what you're seeing is is the biggest producer of orange juice in 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 the US now is seeing some real signs there, and I think the price uh, in terms of the supply is going to come up, and we're going to we're going to break through two hundred bucks. All right. Well, that's a, I think that's a great play of the day, Chris. And and I was actually just waiting for your play of the day, but I'll give you my play of the day. That's a dollar max, and that is uh, looking at a bearish wedge. Potential breakdown on a CPI miss. Now, this is a position I am going to go into the market with. I've been playing this to the short side uh, into this wedge. Uh, for the if you watch my like week ahead video, I, I talked about it too. But the Mexican peso, it's got a great carry. But more importantly, Chris, it is a risk off barometer for me typically. And when we have you know the markets risk averse, you tend to see weakness in in emerging market currencies like the the peso. And then you see really big strength in the, the dollar. And that can happen on a CPI, you know, higher print. You could see the dollar really spike up against the peso. However, if it stays contained to this wedge and we stay below, let's say, let's call it about 2025. I think, you know, this is going to be the biggest mover. As you pointed out earlier, this is going to be the biggest mover on a CPI miss. And so if there's a CPI miss, a break below 1980 tar targets 1950 and quite possibly even lower than that in the weeks ahead, Chris. That is my an interesting one. But would you not do that against, would you not look at that against the, the crosses as well? I mean, you've got so oh. much yield di differential against, you know, the euro and, and over the, over those factors as well. It is the carry play, it, you know, unless you're going really kind of crazy exotic like the Turkish lira, but it's the carry play that people want to be in, right? Yeah, that is. And the Euromax has been a great, just it's been on a constant slide all of 2022. It's been amazing. So cool. Well, that's the show for today. I hope you guys are safe out there ahead of that CPI number. If you like the show, hit us the like button, leave a comment, let us know how you're thinking that the, the CPI print's going to go on, how you're seeing the markets evolve, whether we're seeing some value in the bond market, as Blake talked about there, whether it's time to buy the pound. Those are all factors which I know are top of mind for you as well. Anyway, we'll see you for more of the trade-off next week. <laughs> <laughs>